Welcome to the Strongman Say podcast. Uh, another episode with our office or our little space more closely done than last week. Yeah, I like the old wall. I liked it. But not yeah, I like the black. I don't like the old wall. I just like the hashtags <laughs> and like writing stuff on it. The old wall was only the old wall because I got caught up. I, was, I just thought I was so ambitious. I thought I had this week to get this done and I forget that I literally have Monday and then I have a job Tuesday to Friday, which is coach <laughs> and run a gym. So after Monday, I taped it all up and started painting it and like boxing it in or like um, cutting it in. And then it just didn't happen. And then we got caught up with that Thursday debacle. I went up to uh, Mornington, so hour 45, the other side of Geelong, got a furniture truck. Uh, I wanted to pick up some equipment off Gumtree. And it was really cool, old school, like uh, bodybuilding equipment, heavy stacks, single pulley, like really, really good stuff. And I got there and I, I took Jazz, my pregnant fiance, to help, uh, which was probably mistake one anyway. Um, but we got there and the access door was going downstairs or there was an access ramp that was like one person wide. And this old bodybuilding equipment's like all welded together. Like you can only take it apart to a certain degree and it's all cable stuff. So you can take the cables out and it was like a disaster. We're trying to like get equipment out the door. And I was like, well, this isn't going to go down the stairs. There's a hundred kilo stack on here, like 200 kilo stack on here. And then it's not going to go down the thing. So we ended up driving up for four or five small pieces of equipment and then coming back and leaving five or six of the actual ones that I wanted. And that's why I ran out of time. Mm. And you being you, I'm like, do you need a hand? Nah, nah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Just throw it in the car. I've got we'll, a truck. We'll not accept help unless forced. <laughs> yeah. It's like Steph said, like, get some help when we move. I'm like, but you can carry stuff. Yeah. It's like, get someone else. I'm like, it's Friday. <laughs> no one's here. Yeah. That's true. But you could have probably moved on a day where people were available. No, because the bathroom wasn't ready until like Oh, true. Thursday. And you had to give the keys back at five. Yeah. I hear this. Yeah. Mm. Mm, that's tight. I got it done. Got it done. Could have done check-ins at 12 a.m. again, like we were doing when the uh, Strong Geelong moved. I could have carried bits of furniture, bits of gym equipment <laughs> in Mornington too, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we're here. Yeah, well, stubborn. Yeah. Um, first topic for today, we're going to talk about, I guess, strongman isn't a hobby. I mean, for some yeah. of you, it probably is. I mean, what's a hobby? <laughs> Everything. Do we a define hobby? hobby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something that you don't take seriously? Well, a lot of people take strongman seriously. Exactly, so it's not a hobby. They kind of train like it's a hobby, though. Yeah. <laughs> the one feedback, we got great feedback from this podcast last week, or the last fortnight. Everyone loved it, well, particularly dudes. Yeah, like, most of the guys yeah. said it was great. And all the girls were just like, you guys are just talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially our partners who had heard all those stories before. <laughs> they were like, I turned it off. Well, even half my clients, like Megan in New Zealand was just like, you guys just waffle on about <laughs> <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> what it was meant to yeah. be. This is what we got. This is all yeah. we got. Yeah, I can't change this. Like, what are you going to do with a podcast about? I don't know, nothing. We're just going to talk shit. Mm. Let's see if people will listen. Most podcasts. Yeah, 100%. I feel it's the best podcasts. Yeah. They're the only ones I listen to. Mm. But the best piece of feedback that we got was how to make friends in Strongman, a story by Tyson and Lee. <laughs> um. I think what we're talking about when we talk about strongman as still being seen as a hobby or some people treating it like a hobby and some people treating it like a sport, I think it's taking it seriously. I think it's treating yourself like an athlete as opposed mm. to uh, treating it like a hobbyist who does strongman. So I think we see like two delineations of people. Some people kind of do strongman and it's what they do when they knock off work and that's probably most of us, even if you're in a gym. But, you know, it's like we are talking about it before, like, oh, I won't do a big weight cut. Oh, I won't sort of like enter that comp. You know, I just do this for fun kind of thing. But maybe they're even good enough to be taking it a little yeah. more seriously. And I think uh, strongman versus powerlifting in a lot of spheres is still kind of like the rugby to AFL. <laughs> Which way? <laughs> like AFL is a sport. Yeah. You know, like I feel like AFL is like <clears throat> white collar, very mm. serious. I mean, rugby is coming along now, but if you go back like maybe 10 years, AFL was well ahead of the game. In, in Victoria. In Victoria, yeah. In one nah, state. No, nah, I still think like in terms of treating the everywhere. athletes like, oh, no, 
Rugby boys it's knock easy, off and go out. Like they were, still, they were still banging bags and like having drinks it's straight after the game. be professional if you're just in one city. Yeah, true. <laughs> the World Series of AFL. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Hey. Like baseball in America. You have to defend AFL. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> AFL. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. I'm offended right now. <laughs> you're offended? Yeah. <laughs> no, so like powerlifting's way ahead of us in that sense. Mm. They treat it like a sport. They take it serious. Like Totally agree. They're investing more. They get more back. Yeah. The comps have more money. Yes. Everything else. Yeah, 100%. But that leads into like the mentality of powerlifting and wanting to be meticulous and technical mm. and tick every box. Whereas most people that get into strongman are like, I just want to pick things up. Yeah. So if you try to teach them, they're like, don't teach me how to pick things up. You just pick it up. I guess it's inherent with I'm the like, mindset. How many, of how the many times have you hurt your back? And they're yeah. like, oh, heaps, but you just pick it up better. Yeah. I think it's like <laughs> coaching is probably the biggest one. You look at like coaches in powerlifting and some of the best coaches in Oz and stuff charging a hundred dollars a week on something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that like strongman would just kind of be shocked to be paying a coach that much. Yep. And I think like powerlifters just take it so seriously or like uh, appreciate or see value in it so much because they treat it so seriously. You know, yep. our powerlifters and albeit I put up a post about RPEing our way out of <laughs> being strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like powerlifters are probably the biggest culprit. I mean, certainly like I see it in our gym is, you know, spending 30 minutes preparing for a session and doing yep. like an hour of like main work or full work. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where strong man's like, oh yeah, cool. We'll just start picking up the log. And I'm guilty yep. of that 100%. Like I don't warm up. I do now because I'm getting old. But I think things hurt. Yeah, but I think there's a big difference in terms of like how you see a strong man approach the sport in terms of being a professional athlete. Yeah. And how you see a powerlifter approach the sport in terms of being a professional athlete and how many people treat powerlifting as a hobby versus treating themselves, even if they're a hobbyist, yeah. They're a serious hobbyist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Versus like pal, uh, strongman, it's they're a professional athlete or they're a hobbyist and they kind of treat themselves like a hobbyist. They're not yeah. treating themselves like professional athletes as much. I just don't think we see it as much. No, because we can get away with it a little bit more in our sports. Mm. If it was the other way around yeah. and there was the power lifter that was treating it like a hobby and not serious, they'd be terrible. Yes. And then you look at the strong men or strong women that treat it like a sport and a professional – and they're really, really good. Yeah. They're all the people at the top. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, we all start as hobbyists. Yeah. It's all a hobby to start off with, right? Until mm. you start getting good. And I think the difference is the hobbyist or when you start as a hobby and you treat yourself seriously or you treat your capacity to be good seriously from the get-go or treat it like a professional athlete or treat yourself mm. like a professional athlete, you have a much higher potential long-term to actually be a professional athlete in the sport. Yep. Not that there's really a professional athlete in the sport of strongman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think you have the potential to actually become very, very good versus if you continue to treat yourself like a hobbyist. Yeah. Mm. But a lot of people just tend to do what everyone else around them does. Yes. You know, the old thing of, you know, you're, you're the sum of the five people that are closest to you. Yeah, for sure. So you walk into a gym where it's serious and there's someone training for nationals or worlds or something like that. You're going to tend to copy and do what they do oh yeah 100 percent. get a lot better for which it. is why i think that our gym like looking at the guys in our gym coming up yeah uh, over the last couple of years you think we've only been in this new space for like 18 months two years now yeah during covid too it's been that time where i think it's like two to three years to start to get good if you're in a sport yeah especially sport of strongman and we're starting to see some very good young guys come out of this gym yeah because everyone else around them is treating themselves like an athlete. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like we treat ourselves like athletes most of the time. And now... <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. And now you're seeing like these guys, that following effect is they're getting good. Yep. And then the guys underneath them are seeing these younger guys getting good who treat themselves like athletes. And the next generation of those people coming up will do the same. Yeah, that's why you see sports where there's just younger and younger kids. Yes. Getting oh. better and better or stronger and stronger. The kid that's 19 who pulled 350... Yeah, that's what? That's nuts. That's wild. At like 105. Yeah. I'm quitting. I'll get Getting there one day. Old. Pardon? I haven't hit 350. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there one day. Before I'm 40. Um <laughs> I think with the middleweight series as well, in terms of like professionalism or treating yourself like a professional, um, I haven't released uh the competitor list 
I've been which asked is, by so many yeah, people which about is, that. Which <laughs> no one, no one's happy. No one's happy about it. And it's like, is this person competing? What's the competitor list? I'm like, I don't have it. It's in the gym. This computer. is why. This is why I'm saying, like, in terms of treating yourself like a professional, stop dodging other people. Like, stop dodging motherfuckers just because you think you got a chance to uh, qualify. Because if you just rock up and get points, yeah, you're probably going to qualify, right? Yeah, I think people forget the point system. Yeah, is Say four comps in this, like four comps in Australia, one in New Zealand. Yeah. Winners qualify. Yeah. Five spots. Then off points, they're going to take eight. Yes, eight. Huge. I think it's eight. So eight points, yeah. there's a couple of people that will automatically qualify, but the majority will get in on points. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Whether coming second once is enough. Well, it's depends like eight how many. or 12 people on points, right? They're going to take. They'll take eight, eight on points eight on, eight and on then points. it'll be the four or five which is huge. From winners. Yeah. Yeah. So coming second once might be enough mm -hmm. unless everyone else below you travels. So FYI, I haven't really, uh, <laughs> posted the competitor list, but if you're a 90 and you want to come do the middleweight series at Geelong, you might come second because there might be only one 90 registered at the moment. And then you're in. Then <laughs> you get yeah. to go to the final, right? Um, but I mean, I, I wasn't my idea not to post the competitor list. I mean, mm. it was, but I heard that Tiff from Silstone had held back the competitor list or not even posted one at all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea because I can see that, <laughs> you know, we've got 13105s registered. Yeah. I can see all these people just like not coming because they're like, oh, I'm not going to travel down and compete if I know that I'm only going to come second because so-and-so is doing it. No, see, like, the that's not the attitude. That's not the professional attitude. The like, 105s don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All the 105s are good, yeah. The 105s are turning into what the 90s were. Yeah. The 90s were just like, oh, where are the boys competing? You're you think maybe that's because all the 90s are now 105s? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one's come in to replace the 90s no. that have left. No, no, no. That's probably the hard part as well. Because yeah. like, the 105s is looking good now. Starting to look real good. Like, yeah. Really competitive. And like, I'm super keen for our More comp competitive... Here than it probably ever has been. Mm. So like there's a potential for that max deadlift, obviously suits and everything. Yes. But there's a potential for four or five guys to pull 330. Mm. Yeah. Which for 105s in Australia huge has leap. never happened. Yeah, hugely. Same with the overhead medley, like yep. 120 is not that hard for a lot mm. of people now. So Yeah, I mean the Arnolds that got canned was 130 across the board mm. as well. So it was a little bit heavier. Yeah. Um, and I think still that was just for one rep, though. Uh, yeah, the one rep across the board. The end. Yeah, so the one hundred fives are turning into like, oh, that person's doing it. That per oh, I'll just do that because it's do fun that and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Which is, is what do it you think be. you'll beat them? Probably not, but I'll try. Yeah, I totally agree. That's what it should be from the get go. That's what it should be. Yeah, that's and why. That's, that's what the nineties were. Yes, but that's why I didn't want to post it because I didn't want people to dodge. Like yeah. I hate it when people dodge competition or like because because it's a qualifying comp, right? Yeah. So people go, oh, I don't want to do that comp because so and so is doing it, but I'll, so I'll go do the easier comp to try and qualify for the big comp. And it's like, well, if you want to qualify for the big comp, there's no point being at the big comp if you don't think you can beat that person anyway because yeah. you're not going to win. So may as well lose early. <laughs> yeah, or get the experience. Or get to the know experience. What it's like. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like the you rise with the tide, right? Like yeah. all ships rise with the like with the sea in terms of um when you've got when you're throwing yourself against more competition mm. or better competition, you just get better. Yeah, a hundred percent. That comes back to the hobby thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How serious do you take it? Yeah. Do you just want to get to the finals? Do you just want to be there and get a shirt? Yeah. Or do you want to beat the person that you? don't think that you can be yes for sure do you eventually want to be like i can't beat them now but or also that's get my experience to keep competing against them until you beat them yeah and then that's just in this country yes then do you want to go overseas because the person you want to beat in this country is not the best in the world <laughs> by like a long shot if you're in this country yeah bro. <laughs> there's more to like keep I going to, i hate to break it to oz but like we're still so far behind yeah like international competition for mm. the most part I think on a percentage of numbers, we're doing well. Mm. Like you look at the sport in, say, America, and their nationals have 600 competitors. Yeah. You look at how many are like really, oh, really strong good. Strong per capita. Yeah. Yeah, we do I think I think well, we're doing yeah. well. Yeah. I think we have very high quality athletes, but the per capita is similar to America. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like- They a, have a thousand people. A big we have a hundred. Like if we were CrossFit and we had 
gyms full of people trying to learn strongman. Yeah. I think all of us would be dinosaurs. Like I'd be extinct. Yeah. There'd be really strong people that come like the kid who's pulling 350 at 19. Yeah. There'd be those monsters come out of the woodwork. It's purely like a stats game, right? Mm. Like it's purely a catchment thing where if you get more people into the sport, you're going to see better like athletes come out of it because you're just going to capture some of those genetic freaks who were born to do it. And then they're all at the top. And they're all at the top. Me and Smitty joked ages ago and we were like, we got in at the right time. We're just trying to stay ahead. Yes, 100%. I totally else. agree with that. I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I'm so hard, fortunate. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, when I first started Strongman, like I was the best Strongman in Victoria from the get-go Yeah, in the 105s. Like, I was... The only one that could cut to 105. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hobbyists, my first Strongman comp, and I... We'll never forget this in terms of treating yourself like a professional athlete and what the vibe was when I started Strongman. I remember like I came from like bodybuilding background and like some powerlifting and stuff like that. So it was on the more professional or like you t- treated yourself a little bit more seriously, right? So your body was a temple and power, like bodybuilding <laughs> and your bodybuilding yeah. too. So it's like, you know, what you eat really matters, you know, you you get up and you put your steps in in the morning, you get your session in, you eat clean, like the whole deal. And then I went to my first strongman comp and I watched the heavyweights put out a cigarette when his name was called to do (laughs) yoke. He was like, yep, sweet. Like butted out his cigarette and then jumped under the yoke and ran. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what sport have I entered? I love it. (laughs) I had that at Queensland. Yeah. I did one or two comps here and then went up to a qualifying comp in Queensland yeah. and it was on the sunny coast. Same thing. Um, one of the chicks there, yes, she won in like the lightweights, smashed it, strong yeah. as all hell, and then had her name called and had like a beer yeah. and a smoke yeah, and went up and got her award. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, what? It was also the demise of my health and well-being. Yeah. yeah. I can get away with yeah, what? whatever I want. <laughs> which is so true though right like yeah. the sport is just it's so different comparatively to mm. like that bodybuilding and like powerlifting is still a bit like deadlifting burgers right yeah but like bodybuilding for example is to the letter powerlifting if you go into like equipped yeah and those guys those old guys <laughs> yeah that love their equipped lifting and they've got yes. like scotch or vodka yeah. in like the chalk bowl with yeah. the ammonia and stuff I mean, there's been a big shift either way because raw lifting is taken so seriously now. Yeah. Like those guys are athletes and are so competitive too. Mm. Um, so they're, I mean, there's no, when you look at the 110 class, 100 class, there's no non-jacked dudes in there. Yeah. Like that was the minority once. How yes. crazy is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you did raw lifting, everyone's like, that's weird. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. You're weak. Yes. <laughs> you can't bench what we yeah, can bench. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like raw lifting wasn't a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's come a long way and raw lifting. I think it's just more accessible too. Yeah. Which is a big thing. Like raw lifting is so much more accessible than what equipped lifting would ever yeah. have been anyway. Um, especially when you think about guys and we run novice comps and stuff like that. And you can just get guys in sleeves like they would at the normal gym yeah. and come and compete and get that same feeling, get that same like enjoyment out of competing and like uh, channeling that competitive energy into something without having to fork out for three suits. Yeah, it's more comparable to like you can sit at home or you can watch someone that's doing raw lifting mm. and know what your numbers are compared to yep. theirs. Yeah. That's why people don't watch Thor and Eddie and Brian and really get a good understanding of like what they're doing. Because it's so far ahead. Yeah. But that's shock value. That's different as well. Yeah. It's like that, that's it, why it's exciting is. to watch, but yeah. you can't relate to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're Which like, is why the 105 class is so big overseas too. Yeah. Because it's like you're the normal size normal but like attainable but big or Mm. attainable but like quite strong and it's probably more tangible as well for people to kind of go oh yeah sweet like that guy's just a little bit bigger than me i could probably get there yep probably can't no probably still not (laughs) not 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 to like the same thing we're talking about that overseas level of like competition is very Mm. very high because people don't understand the difference like someone that's 110 deadlifts 420 Mm. compared to say Eddie that deadlifts five and everyone's yep. like oh that's way more impressive because yeah. he's 110 it's like 80 kilos at that weight yeah that's a big deal that's not 80, that's, still that's not 100 yeah. that's not a 
hundred to one eighty. Mm. No, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that's a big, big difference. difference. Yeah, five hundred is huge. To be mm. able to like deadlift five hundred is uncomprehensible. Yeah, you know, um, there's too many comps. Too many comps. Yeah, man. I can't in the country. Which one? Goes from not enough comps to too yeah. many comps. COVID, there's not enough comps. Yeah. It's too hot. It's yeah. too cold. <laughs> Uh, I think like that sentiment that's kind of been throwing around like there's too many comps. There's been like a lot of talk within the community around like like or clients. There's too mm. many comps, or they just want to jump into every comp, um, or you know there was not enough comps. The sport's dead. Yep. And now we've like pendulum swung the other way. It's super interesting to sort of see how people are choosing comps or not choosing wisely. Yeah, I've got a few. Um, I've got a few athletes that are just jumping in anything and everything, mm. depending on what they like, but they're very new. Yeah. They're six months in, 12 months in. And I'm like, go see what comps you like. Go do this comp, go do that comp. But then eventually you've got to get to a point where you pick and choose. Yes. And you have direction. Of course. So and there's not too many comps depending on what level you're at. 100%. I think that that's the key, right? Yeah. What level you're at and sort of, mm. sort of figuring out or determining what comps you want to do. I mean, the sentiment would be, I'm going to do these intermediate novice comps and do well, and then I'm going to test myself at Victoria's Strongest Man, right? Yeah. And I kind of understand that, but like we are talking about before, at some point you've kind of got to choose the comp that's actually within your wheelhouse. Yeah. As opposed to like trying to jump in every comp and dominating one or two and then getting mid-pack for Victoria's Strongest Man. I think nine times out of ten, you can step up yes. to a harder comp Yeah, for most people. And then there's 10% of people better. where it's like you need to stop redlining it mm-hmm. and you need to slow down. Yeah, there's a I, small handful of people where it's like you're overreaching yeah. and you're just breaking. I think that's probably... Big goals, Yeah, but too the soon. The unspoken one. Everyone sort of uh, has issue or talks a lot about... <sighs> intermediates or people that they feel that they feel are too good for novice yep. entering novice cops and yep. that's pretty widely sort of posted about or has been recently right yeah and i mean i do think that it's pretty hard to be the novice police yeah like i feel that you know there was a post recently that said like oh if you've done two novice comps you're not a novice anymore yeah and i absolutely get that but if they're nowhere near the intermediate numbers and they're still going to come last in novice, they're probably still a novice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like novice is actually dictated by your capacity to hit the weights or even not hit the weights in novice. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. who are like sort of trying to break into the sport, they might see that and go, well, I've done two novice comps, but I still can't hit that axle and I still would have trouble with those. So yeah. I'm probably still in there and I'm sure there's discretion for that. But I do think the two novice thing is a good metric as long yeah. as there's those intermediate comps for someone to step up to in the next stage. But the one that's not spoken about is exactly what you're talking about, which is people who are consistently overreaching to get to competitions and breaking themselves. Yeah. Like redlining all the time instead of choosing comps that are in their wheelhouse. Like we so often hear about people like cherry picking down yeah, but we don't really uh, like address the fact that like people are breaking themselves or people are consistently kind of dealing with niggles and issues because every comp they enter is here, so they're constantly trying to hit this or reach this roof to try and get to these competitions. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm here and I'm pushing everything uphill to try and make it to yeah. this comp, and then they qualify for the next comp and they're like, "Bro, I just want to be there." I just want to really get my t-shirt and like go compete. Here. And the next comp's here. And you're like, we just, you just broke trying to get to the qualifying and comp. And it's eight weeks away. And it's eight weeks yeah. away. And I think that like we have to really realise, or like athletes have to realise, there's there's really good benefit in getting the reps in yep. at competitions that are at your level. Yeah. Or at, within your wheelhouse, right? Because that's what's, one, going to build competition like uh, confidence and like your skills in like being a competitor, but also like that's also going to get you to the stage where you are. There's no, there's no shame in doing competitions in that middle level. If you're at that middle level. Yeah. I think people want to do the comp where they're like, I'm only going to get one or two reps Mm. and it's heavy and it's badass and it's this and that. Yeah. I don't want to do a comp where I've got to do 10 reps. 
Yeah. But strong, man. And it's like, it's harder to do 10 reps in 60 seconds, yeah. not mess it up, yeah. be efficient, be able mm. to breathe, have your technique mm-hmm. down. Like, it's easy to zero an event. Yes. It's easy to go in a comp and be yeah. like, oh, yeah. I'll have a crack. I barely did anything. I zeroed three events. I but zeroed how good an was event. that? I feel I did, pretty fresh. I did two reps. <laughs> yeah, I feel great. I love competing. Sign <laughs> yeah. me up next week. It's like, we didn't do much of the comp. Yeah. Well, can I do another comp for two weeks? Yeah, you can because you didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to go in when there's no pressure. Yeah. Because you're sure. like, oh, it's got to be a 20 kilo PB. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no pressure. Yeah. It's like when I compete in the heavyweights. Yeah. And probably similarly, I mean, I know you feel a bit of pressure with middleweight series, I'm sure. But similarly to us going up a weight class, it's like, mm. it's not your weight class. Yeah. Like if I compete in the heavies, I immediately feel the pressure off, right? Yeah. I haven't been beaten by an Australian 105 since 2015. Yeah. So fuck, if I do a 105 comp, like I feel a bit of pressure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but if I do a heavyweight comp, pfft, like everyone expects to be beaten by the heavyweights. Like they're 30 yep. kilos heavier than me. That's cool. If I can stick it to them in a few events, great. It's a win-win. It's a win-win, right? If I beat you, it's just like, oh, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't win, it's like, oh, oh wow. Look how much bigger you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate. People do that as well, though. Yeah. People jump up as a cop-out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, or well. a dodge, right? Or a Yeah, dodge. so yeah. same thing. You talk about people cutting weight to dodge competitors. Yes. Can you go up to dodge competitors? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Or just dodge competition. Yes. As a cop out. Oh, well, I mean, like, heavyweights is a great place to hide for a while in Australia. Not now. Mm. There's some great guys coming through the heavyweights at the moment. Yep. Really good guys. But if you're very light as a heavyweight, Mm. you've got that backup. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm a light heavyweight. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, but I'm not 160 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then cut 15, bro. (laughs) I do it overseas. (laughs) True. Very 100%. true. Yeah. I'm 20, easily overseas. True. Mm. You know, I was saying it's easy to just do two reps. It's hard to do like nine or 10 reps. Yeah. yeah. When you get international and you do top level comps, yes. you're doing nine or 10 reps again. Yeah. That's the sport. Well, I think the people, it was that, I think we talked about it last time as well, like World's Strongest Man. Everyone was like, oh, it's pretty light. Yeah. But it's, that's kind of the sport. Like it's strong, man. It's like, it's not just powerlifting yeah muscle endurance right there's like athleticism involved in the sport versus just being that heavy one to two reps all the time yeah i think if you go overseas and you look at the weights there even like osg and stuff you look at the weights there and like it's heavy yeah but if you're good and you're meant to be there you're gonna run the yoke quick yeah for sure you're gonna do a lot of reps yeah Yeah, i mean 12 reps is still gonna win like a Viking press yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like when I did Arnold's, the joke was only 340. It was a race. It's quick. Yeah. Arnold's always did that in Ohio. Yeah. It's like quite light. 15 meter yoke. Yeah. Sprint. Yes. First place got nine seconds. Mm. Yeah. It's quick. 15th like place 9. got 9. 13. <laughs> yeah. It was like four second buffer with everyone. Yeah. Super, super tight. Yeah. And that was normal. Yes. No one complained. Yeah. Well, so, someone probably complained, but. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that like when people are choosing comps or people are talking about with all that being said, I think when people are talking about there's too many comps, yep. it's like, well, don't redline it all the time. There's no shame in doing comps in that middle band if yep. you are a middle band athlete. And sometimes you just have to like take stock and look at the fact that I am in that middle band and I can play with the big boys, but I should be doing more comps in my wheelhouse yep. and then sort of reaching every now and then yep. to kind of push. And then also understanding that if you're in the middle band then like, Choose the middle band comps and don't just choose a lower comp or an easier comp for fun or, you know what I mean? Like I won't enter a regional comp. Yeah. I'm not going to go enter like a ASA comp down here or something that is at the intermediate level. Vix? Vix strongest? Yeah. <laughs> Even Vix. <laughs> like <laughs> like I, I do Vix, of course, because it's like a state, state level comp. Yeah. And it's my state. Yeah. But even still, do you know what I mean? Like the last time I did VIX, I didn't do the stones. I didn't have to do the stones because I had OSG coming up and my bicep wasn't great. So I just didn't do the stones and yeah. I still won. Do you know what I mean? Like I still feel still feel that it's better to have people who are coming up have those comps yeah. and do well and like build their capacity to do competitions and like get wins on the board than just go in there and tear it apart. Yeah, this makes sense. 
Yeah, it's a hard one because if you compete, that gives people something to chase. Yeah. It was I the same that. thing with like the ASM mm. and like no one getting re-invited back. Yeah, I like so that. So it forced yeah. all the big strong guys yeah. to then go and do those state level yeah. comps. I really like that they're doing that, like Australia's Strongest is doing that, that yep. we have to qualify. I would have liked to have known that I had to re-qualify. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're like, oh, no, yeah, you re-qualify if you win midweight series. And then, like, four weeks ago, Lee was like, no, I think they, they put up a post and they took it down, but I think you have to re-qualify. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll better sign up for a comp. Yeah, I've still got to do that for 90s as well. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really like that we have to re-qualify because I think forces competitors to compete more, which is a good thing. Yeah. And compete more against each other. Yeah, well, there's too many competitions now, so you need more competitors to fill yeah. them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, like our comp, we got 13 105s, but only three in the other classes and one in 90. Yeah. So, yeah, more competitors if you're watching this and want to sign up. It's a good comp to get points so you can end up at the final because if you're one of those girls and you're in the three category and you come fourth, you're still going to rack up a whole lot of points. Mm. You do two of those comps and come fourth, there's a really high likelihood that you're going to be there at the end of the day. Either everyone's banking on doing the Clash AS International Mm. comp and that be their big comp next year. Yes. Or they're banking on a later qualifier. Yeah, to but get the, to middleweights. The clash doesn't really qualify for middleweights, right? No, I mean people are just going to pick one or the two. Oh, two. Yeah, I think people should do both. Yeah. Really, they're the or two they're biggest comps for middleweights in the country. If you want to compete yeah. against good middleweights. Well, they're banking on later qualifiers to get them through. Yeah, but Which, everyone's going to be in those later qualifiers. Who's this the last one? Sean's? Yeah. In January? Feb? Yeah, maybe. Feb? Yeah. That's going to... Yeah, filled everyone's with gonna everyone be, yeah. that realised, yeah. oh, shit. Like the early one, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we got time, we got time. And then you get to the last one, you're like, oh, I need points or, oh, I need to win one. Yep. That comp's going to be very busy. That's when you post a competitor list. Yeah. <laughs> it's everybody yeah, that's stuffed yeah. up. Shame. <laughs> yeah, walk of shame. What are you going to do? Which one are you going to compete in for the 90s to qualify? Maybe Wagga. Oh, yeah. The one that, yeah, we talked about going up for that. Yeah. That'd be fun, Wonderful. kind of. Can we go to New Zealand? That would be cool. Yeah. I really want to go to Desire One. Desire one. Yeah. Uh, Max Axel. Ugh, nah, I'm out. Yeah, your bicep won't handle it. <laughs> I'm practicing my hip cleans. I'm getting there. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to run into back. that again. Yeah. Strength is coming back. Yeah, I just don't want to run into that, like, body break in eight weeks thing. Yep. Um, so I'm just trying to, like, spend some time light now to get it right and like change a few technical things yep. while I've got time. And that was one of them. Like the clean fucking on my bicep mm. is like, okay, cool. Well, I need to change that because that's not going to change if I don't change how I clean the axle. How's your body weight going? <laughs> if you just get bigger. Yeah, my body weight's good. Yeah. I was like 107 and a half this morning. Okay. I was 109 the other day. Ooh, I fluctuates getting there. a fair bit. It's getting there. I mean, it fluctuates a lot anyway. 113 is like... Magic number. 113 is like, yeah, I reckon I'll push it to like 112, 113 yeah. and do a heavyweight comp and qualify for ASM yeah. ideally, I think would be cool. Yeah, the fluctuation thing is, I don't know. I just feel like it's pretty easy to put on weight and lose weight if it's what you want to do, right? Like I've yeah. just, at the moment, like I've, I've come back and I was 100 kilos after coming back after three months of Traveling in a van and backpacking and yep. that kind of Are you of saying thing. you wanted to lose weight when you were traveling and backpacking? Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't when I left. Yeah. But then at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, this time. I said to Lee before we left this backpacking thing, because over summer, I sort of did this thing where I did bodybuilding circuits and I was really heavy. Like I got to 112, 113 when yep. I was doing like powerlifting. The powerlifting comp got called and then oh, even – um compound conception or whatever or compound carnage yeah i was like 112 113 and like super strong probably the strongest that i've been yeah i reckon most consistently and then because there wasn't any comps coming up i was just heavy and i didn't really feel great at that weight all the time unless i was under a barbell i just started losing weight and then kept losing weight and then kept losing weight mm. and then i was like 96 97 and i was like oh cool there's like 15 kilos I've lost. Like I lost a heap of weight. Like I went from like 113 down to like 97, 98. Um, and I felt pretty good. Like just not lifting. But I wasn't lifting. Yeah. Like, Isn't it weird how that dynamic changes? Mm. Big and heavy. 
feel invincible under a barbell yeah. just in one plane of motion. Yes, 100%. The rest of life, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, it's 100% true. And everyone sort of goes, oh, why don't you do heavyweights and like take out ASM and stuff? I'm like, because I don't have the frame to carry 120 kilos. And I just wouldn't want to because mm. at the end of the day, like it would impede everything else that I enjoy doing in my life. Yeah. That's everyone saying that I should do 105s. Mm. And yeah. just stay in 105s. Yeah. And I'm like, but then to be competitive, I need to be like 110. <laughs> that's heavy. That's 10 kilos more than I am now. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Like this big, <laughs> that's a big ball. <laughs> You'd be a little staffy. I'm not going to run. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go from staffy to pit bull. <laughs> like, yeah. Like French bulldog. <laughs> it would, I don't know, it would have to not go here because I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be able to fit around a stone do you know anymore. Where, do you know where it would go? Here, yeah. <laughs> it's the last place, and probably his delts. Like yeah. he probably go to his traps, his delts, and like probably his tummy, stomach. As well. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't physically be able to get around a stone yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, I've seen heavyweights like that. Yeah, of course, like shorter arms and stuff like that, yeah. and like quite quite big, and like hold big it through drums. the middle. Yeah, a hundred percent. They lap a stone, and then it's hard to get deep into your lap to get that extension too. Well, they've only got yeah. this much leg. Yeah, to sit a 180, yeah. 200 stone on. Mm. So but at I mean, some point, being too big. Is not going to help. Oh, 100%. But like you're sitting like 100 now. Mm. And you like, so these put on weight because after middleweight series, like, cool, I need to get stronger. But then also I'm going to do a 105 comp, right? So mm. put on weight. Well, that was a last minute decision. 100%. It was more put on weight, get stronger, get some. Put uh, on weight, get stronger, do that for like eight to 12 weeks. Then this comp popped around and I was like, all right, now I'm going to have to cut it again and lose it. But hopefully I'll be stronger because I'm sitting at a heavier body weight all the time my body's getting used to that and then no 90s really signed up a heap of 105 started yes. saying they were and i'm like oh that looks fun. i'll do yeah 100 percent. i feel strong as well like yeah. i'll just do that super strong mm. but when we talk about weight fluctuations or body weight for competition or for like lifestyle and stuff mm. it's easy to put on the weight when you have the goal to and yep. when you have to be 90 you'll be 90 right yeah and then like there's benefits of being heavier like there's benefits of feeling good like you were like oh this is what it feels like to be a one-on-five this is fun when you're heavy yeah it's the biggest change to everything i've done yeah like generally training different block but training is much the same four days a week yeah lifestyle is pretty much the same recovery lack of recovery not doing a heap for it yeah the big thing is food yeah and then body weight 100 percent. but that was just a necessity i think when we're talking about body weight and the necessity of what is like required at the time putting on weight was a necessity for you yep and so you put on weight like when i went backpacking it was a necessity for me to kind of lose weight because it was financial too yep i was like i can't eat six meals a day (laughs) while i'm backpacking yeah and jazz is vegetarian it's really hard financially like if you're backpacking and leaving on a budget to be getting a meat meal for me every night or twice a day and vegetarian meal for her. So he would just split vegetarian stuff. Yep. So I ate vegetarian for three months, pretty much. And I would eat three meals a day. I'd have oats for breakfast, tempeh wraps for lunch and tofu and rice for dinner. <laughs> and that was me for three months. And I was like, oh, well, like I lost 10 kilos because I was walking around, traveling in a van and eating vegetarian three meals a day versus six mm. meals a day with a high protein diet and training. So of course you're going to lose weight, but I don't think it's hard to put weight back on when you need to when it's your job right well that's a hobby versus taking it serious when like a lot of people will just go oh that's the job that i need to do yes i'll put on weight and then they put on weight yeah when i was running like we're talking about uh doing like adventure runs and can you do both right yep i'm like of course you can do both is it optimal to do both yep no. It's, not op- it's not optimal <laughs> to go do adventure runs or trail runs while training for super heavy competitions and throwing another stressor in. Yeah, Absolutely not. But can you do both? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you'll be the strongest fit guy and you'll be the fittest strong guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you won't yeah. be the strongest strong guy and you won't be the fittest fit guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like basically CrossFit, right? But with yep. less skill. It's like strong man and running, like low, <laughs> low skill. Yeah. You'll um, be the fittest gymnast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the you're second best at everything. Yeah. Right? Which is like the CrossFit Ooh, thing. Not even second. Yeah. <laughs> Top 10. Top 10. Top 10 at most. Top 10 at everything, yeah. whereas the rest of us are going to be number one. Yeah, for and sure. And then last. Yeah. But if you're running... Mm. Like if I was doing adventure races, yeah, like I lose weight. 
Yeah. Because carrying 110 kilos up a hill when you have to run for like 10 kilometers is not fun. Mm. Like this is, I'm, I don't want to run now. I struggled when I first started training and not even because of body weight, but like I came from heaps of skating yes. and snowboarding and surfing and all that sort of stuff. Then was training all the time, was trying to do both because I was just getting into the gym and it was fun. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go in six days a week yeah. and just smash myself. Recovery. Yeah. And then I went to skate and my legs hurt. Yeah. And I couldn't like ollie or I couldn't yeah. jump. I couldn't do anything. And then I'd fall on skating and like hurt my wrist. Yeah. And then I'd go in and pick up a dumbbell and I'm like, oh, my wrist hurts. I mm -hmm. can't train. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do these things together. It's a hard balancing act. Both of them are just killing me. Yeah. 100%. Like it's a hard balancing act because like I know that, I mean, if I ran 20Ks on the Sunday and came into training legs, like my knees might be a little bit sore, or like my like lower body and my hips might be a little bit tight and stuff like that. Like it wasn't the ideal or optimal environment to go lift in. Yep. But it's also like, even when we go hiking, like we go hiking for a weekend, I come in on Monday and I go to like lift something. It's like my back's a little bit sore because I'm carrying a pack up a mountain. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's a hard balancing act when you are, and this comes down to being a professional and like a hobbyist and sacrificing some of your hobbies for when the professional thing is, you got if you signed yeah. up for a competition, you're standing there, right? The competition day will come and you are going to be in the arena with a bunch of other dudes and whether you put the work in or sacrifice those hobby days or like had some bad sessions because you didn't prioritize the competition stuff is going to come to a head. You're either ready or you're not. Yep. Right. So I think it's important. Like when we talk about that hobbyist thing and the professional thing, it's also like sacrificing, like, it's like, can you do both? Yes, you can. Um, can you lose weight depending or put on weight depending if it's necessity? Yes, you can. But should you, like, would I be a better strong man? Maybe not, but like, would you be a better strong man if you just did it? 12 months a year and didn't do those things maybe i think later on down the line but i think specializing too early mm, yeah, is sure. really bad yeah definitely yeah i think uh as like a kid in high school in everything even i think early in your lifting yeah do you know what i mean like you see powerlifters doing four bench days a week and doing three squat days and uh, barely any accessories and it's yep. like well, you're skinny, dude. Your bench sucks because <laughs> you're skinny. You can bench four days a week, but your bench is just always going to suck until you start pushing accessory and putting some muscle on. And their technique is perfect. Yes, they're technically amazing. But they just can't get any stronger. Of course not. Yeah. Because they've got no muscle. Like, bone doesn't contract. They're just, they're just <laughs> rushing to get, like, sore yeah. elbows. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like you're powerlifting. You're going to get sore elbows eventually. Yeah, don't rush to get it's there. It's going to come. You're going to low bar. <laughs> don't squat, you're rush gonna to bench. get sore knees. They're not going to like you. But yeah. for the time being, like, how about you put some muscle on? Because mm. – and it's like bigger guys. It's like, well, fat doesn't contract. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how – like, technically you're great. Probably neurally you're great. Probably, like, in terms yeah. of – like, you're fantastic. But you can't <laughs> activate or you can't, like, initiate contraction – and create force if there's no muscle. Yeah. Right. So obviously the first go-to or like specializing too early or being specific with event work for strongman or like powerlifting, like main lifts for powerlifters, there's mm. detriment to specializing too early yep. and not getting those reps in early to like build a foundation of like strength and size to be strong. Yeah. I still think bodybuilding and general hypertrophy mm. work is like when people are like, oh yeah, strongman, CrossFit, powerlifting it's for anybody if yeah. you're an absolute beginner you can jump in and do it and yep. i'm like you can mm. but it wouldn't be a good start no no to 100%. jump in and just be like all right we're just gonna squat bench and deadlift forever yeah yeah and do some accessories for squat bench the, and deadlift the accessories is still never very treated, narrow yeah the accessories are never treated with the utmost attention or purpose do you know what i mean a lot of the time i used to come into the gym and train for like three hours mm, and too. do like 10 different chest exercises yeah. that now i look back on and are like are useless yeah and then i'd drive home and like my chest would be that sore yeah like you gotta put your gotta put your seatbelt on and like cramping no, up drive home and like intentionally like flex it because i'm like <laughs> i don't want to lose this pump i don't like, want to go home and be skinny dumb, yeah, yeah. dumb kid stuff I'm like if i keep contracting yeah. it, will it keep getting bigger i finally look <laughs> jacked and i don't want to lose it and then you get yeah. like you're like in the gym mirror when you're a young kid and you're like fuck i look jacked like and then you go home and you look in the mirror and you're like oh can we get a gym mirror can we, at home? Can we get some bands, mum? I need some bands at home so I can get a pump before I go jump in the shower so I don't look so skinny. Mum, I need a smaller yeah. stringer singlet. <laughs> Turning my self-worth. <laughs> yeah. need to get a smaller singlet so my traps look bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you would... Uh, did you think you would be where you are now in terms of like... 
what you're doing training wise or what you've achieved strength wise or now talking about like professional athleticism mm. being what as far as professional strongman go in our country at the top of professional strongman in our country do you think that you would have been there or when you look back do you think like could you foresee that that was the trajectory of like your training not really because no one was anywhere in the sport when i, I didn't started even know about strongman i didn't know what strongman was Oh, but even when I first got into Strongman, yes. like there was no national champ. Mm, so there true. was no target, yeah. which made it hard. But every sport that I did, like I'd start skating and I'd watch pro skaters and I'm like, don't see why I can't do that. Yeah, They can do it. Yes. And then would just throw myself yeah. at it relentlessly. If they can do it, I can do it too. Until it would try to happen. Yes. So if there's a toxic trait that I was born with, it's watching someone do something and be like, I could do that. Or I could do it better. Yeah, give, <laughs> give me a week. <laughs> give me a week. This yeah. person has skated their whole life or lifted their whole life, but I reckon I could do it better in a week. Yeah, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> and then the more complicated, as I got older, I was just like, okay, maybe not a week, mm. but like give me a year. Yes. And I can do that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I so think I don't, I didn't expect that I could lift what I could lift now. Yeah. Like when I first started. Yeah. Like if someone popped up and was like, you're going to be able to do this, this and this. And I'd be like, oh, I don't reckon I'm capable of yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. But then at the same time. As you grow through those. If somebody else more did it, I'd be like, well, why can't I mm. do that? And as you get closer, as you go through your journey and things are seemingly within reach, but just out of reach. Yeah. It slowly kind of escalates, right? Yeah. I think by the time I hit every PB or like big milestone number, yep. I either expect that it should have happened yep. already yeah, or I expect that it should be there yeah, or I'm already looking at the next number. Yeah. So I never really celebrate much. Yeah, for sure. It's like, did log last week, hit 150. Yeah. I was like, well, based on the week before, it should be there. Yeah. It's so, if, so if I fail, it's I'm going to crack yeah. it. <laughs> I but expect if, it of myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm not proud of myself for doing it because I expect that of myself. Yeah. And then already I'm like, oh, 160 would be nice. And you, I mean, you say that, but if like that's because it's within reach and you expect it. But if you went 20-year-old Lee, does he look at like 32-year-old Lee and go, dude, you've crushed it? I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think if 20-year-old me came into the gym and saw us training, actually mm. even half the women in here training yeah. – I would have walked back out and gone back skating. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, this is way over my Whoa. head. <laughs> Especially half the women. Like, I think yeah. I'd walk in and just be like, oh, I can't even do that. Oh, totally. I'm going to do Definitely something else. Now. I mean, like, I was a little psycho. Yeah. Like, when I was, like, 16, 17, I still, like, vividly remember being on the – I couldn't do chin-ups, right? <laughs> and, like, I started the gym pretty early. I was, like, 14 or 15. I started sneaking into the gym, paying for, like, swim passes and stuff like that. <laughs> and I had the gym bros kind of help me out. I was, like, a young kid and stuff like that coming to the gym. And I was – like, when I was, I was a little psycho, like, I'd take my pre-workout at home after work and, like, band practice because I was <laughs> a music, musician. And I would, like – take my pre-workout at like 6.30 straight after dinner, jump on my bike and like ride to the gym and then get in there and just like from seven to like nine when it closed, I would just like go as hard as I could for like two hours, right? <laughs> but I remember like not being able to do chin-ups and one of this guy, I still remember it so clearly, one of the guys was like, if you want to learn how to do chin-ups, stop using the assisted chin-up machine and just come in there and yep. do 10 for time or like 20 for time and just break it down to as many as you can get and then you slowly string them together. And I remember at like 17, because I wanted to always be a trainer, right? Like I always wanted to be a coach or like I was going to do sports science and stuff like that. And I always thought that I wanted to train the best, right? So I remember doing chin-ups as a 17-year-old little psychopath <laughs> being like, to train the best, I've got to be the best. To train the best, I've got to be the best. Like what kid does that? I don't have that drive anymore. That was not me at no. 17. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I like – Sat on Sunday, like sit there with an Excel spreadsheet, calculating my macros for the week, like yeah. cooking my food and stuff like that. I don't have that kind of drive now. Like there's no way I'm doing that. But I look, I think about like 20 year old me, like doing mm. bodybuilding and stuff and being like, oh, cool. Like my goal as a kid was to like own a gym and train the best or whatever. Right. And I'm yep. like, well, 20 year old me looks back on or like gets to see 30 year old me and go, 
you've competed around the it's not exactly what you had envisioned but you got a gym you've competed yep. around the world you're strong like you did everything that you set out to do i'd be like fuck yeah but in the time like right now i'm like mm, didn't really do well enough <laughs> <laughs> always wanting more yeah i think it's like when it's with like you were saying i think it's you expected the 150 because it's within reach or it's expected for now. Yeah. But if you rewound five years ago and said that, like when you started strongman and said you're going to hit a 150 log, yeah, you would be for that's the that's the strongest dude around. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no one was pressing 150 when we started. No. Not in the, not in a 105 or 100 kilowatt class anyway. No. So I think that's where like taking being able to reflect back far enough mm. to take small wins. Yeah. Like I don't celebrate it massively because yes. I want more. Yeah but I can still rewind back far enough to be like, this is a really big achievement for yeah. me. I'm not somebody that does it and is pissed off about it no. because it's not good enough. And I have to talk to clients about this all like the time. Like some people too. are so hard on themselves. Yeah, clients are so, so hard, hard on themselves. themselves. And I have to like, you know, coaching is this really fine line sometimes between knowing when to push someone and be hard with someone and kind of be like, well, that isn't really good enough. You didn't really put in enough this week or you didn't move while you're capable of more. And then sometimes even when they didn't do the best job, kind of just encouraging them and being like, no, like you've done a good job, all things considered this week. When you look at the hurdles that you had to overcome to get these sessions done or the factors of fatigue that you've have kind of come into play. You've done a fantastic job and encourage them or like lift them up a little bit because sometimes your clients are the hardest people on themselves. Like yeah. we are as well. Like it's yeah. totally, but you kind of have to pick up on that vibe when to push them and when to go. Like I've had clients and I've had to do exactly what I just did with you being like, well, what would 20 year old you say? Cause yeah. I can say dude, two years ago, not 10 years ago, yeah. two years ago, <laughs> you wouldn't dream of done this. Like you've yeah. come so far in the last two years. I'm like, oh yeah, but it was, you know, I can do better. I'm like, yes, you can. Give <laughs> yourself some it. slack. Yeah. Like, do yeah. be happy about the fact that you missed loads that you wouldn't have dreamt of hitting two years ago. Yeah. So this is why you're going to be a good dad because you already have children. <laughs> 40 of them. Yeah, you already have Possibly a lot of children. Of them, yeah. <laughs> it literally is. It's like someone needs a smack on the back of the head, someone you need to pick up and be like, it's okay. Yeah. You did great. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes you've got to be hard with them too. Sometimes. We do that and they're like, okay, I did great. And it's like, now go do better. Yeah. <laughs> be less shit. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Don't be shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up for another episode of... Yeah, could do. How long were you rolling? About 48. Yeah, that's mm. that's good. Plenty. All right, team. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be back in a fortnight waffling on about more strongman stuff, training stuff, and life stuff. Sweet. Done.